Hello, and welcome to another episode of Endeavors. On today's show, I speak with dancer, choreographer, actor, William Yong. That's coming up on Endeavors. Triple Threat, it is a word that growing up as an aspiring actor, you hear a lot. It is often referred to as somebody who can do everything, sing, dance, act. People are, many people are touted as triple threats. J-Lo, for an example, uh, is, is, is a common uh, person that gets described as such, considering that she sings, obviously, she acts, and she started off as a dancer uh, in, um, in Living Color. But, like so many of those who work in the arts many of those who are triple threats are often unheralded stars and william young is one such human being there's no dispute that William is probably best known as a dancer and a choreographer. He has won multiple awards for both his performance and dance direction. But he also is a singer and he went to school for music. He was a member of the Hong Kong Children's Choir and went on to become the lead singer and songwriter of the band Fundamental, as well as a recording artist with BMG Asia Pacific. He also received drama training at the Hong Kong Academy for Performing Arts while he was a singer. Um, but he ended up leaving singing behind to pursue dance in the UK at the London Contemporary Dance School. He now has his own company, Zata Om Zen and the Actualization of Modern Movement. Uh, and he spent the last decade breaking new ground by collaborating with scientists, artists, engineers in bold, innovative ways to reimagine dance for our technological age. He's also been profiled in three different documentaries as a choreographer, and he has seven Dora Mavor Moore Award nominations. Did I mention that he also guest starred in an episode of the hit Canadian comedy series, Kim's Convenience? Yes, 
he still acts. He is in the live stream director uh, for a piece that is co-choreographed by Donna Rosales and Sarah Porter with the House of Serrano. Uh, and it can be described as two artists of different generations find shared ground in theatricality and spectacle. It is, and it's a work based on the traditional ballroom custom of the Grand March, uh, which happens at the start of a house ball and introduces the house to its members and the community. The work celebrates the importance of chosen familial bonds and the complexities of queer identity from a ballroom perspective. Porter presents a new filmed version of her acclaimed solo, Getting to Know Your Fruit, woven from movement, memoir, and wit. The premiere is October 7th, uh, and you can still get tickets for that. Um, live stream tickets will also be available, or you can watch the live stream, I should say, uh, I believe, until November the 5th. This is my conversation with William Young. Um, yeah, so you, you're involved with, uh, Fall for Dance North this year, which, yeah. you know, I think in keeping with the times is largely streaming, largely online, mm. you know, and I just had this conversation last week with somebody about, because I think dance is inherently such a live experience, mm. Um, just just by its its nature, how how have you found you had to adjust maybe your your choreography or or, or how you presented given the fact that we're now all watching it online? Yeah, it's the the thing is you know I've I found it really fascinating because of the pandemic, right? Um, we have to know that you know because I've got a degree in dance films and videos when I study in England. Uh, at the London Contemporary Dance School. So I always know that dance films is, is a, you know, a medium that we all really enjoy for a long time. And, and it's been there forever. Like, um, but be, because of the pandemic, the live performance is really being affected so you know, tremendously that we all, all the artists trying to find another way to showcase and express. Um, and I think now dance films and, and virtual presentation and live streaming becoming this huge like, you know, outlet for the artist to, to express. And, and I find myself really strange that making so many dance films, videos and directing short films for theater and then making, you know, making music video for, for musicians in this, during this like last one and a half years. And, you know, it's, it's amazing. But I, I think I think um, it's just a way that we have to cope with because of the difficult situation, and you know, and 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 it's a 
and also it's a, it's a it's a very different medium than than the live performance too, right? We all have to adapt to it, right? Um, and that's why I I you know I I found it really interesting. You know now um, the people normally would love to be in a theater in a black box watch it watching a performance <laughs> now they already have to go you know go online and watching a scream at home it's a very different experience and also to make a dance film is very different than making a dance performance so in that sense it's like it's really challenging do you, do you find that though in a way having something virtually is more accessible especially for people who might not otherwise come to see a live dance show, because I, I, I still think there's maybe a, a bit of a stereotype around the, the audience who, who, who would attend a dance performance. Mm, absolutely. Like, you know, like, like even before any virtual, you know, um, a, a sort of like outlets now, I mean, like, for instance, like depends on the art forms, right? The contemporary dance, don't forget it, is one of the most underappreciated art forms, just like poetry and, you know, alongside with many other art forms that um, now because of film and TV and all this, you know, different kind of like way of presenting it, you know, you reach out to way more audience than you can think of. And it really depends on how you're adapting to the work as well. You can, you can make it way more accessible as well. You know, for instance, like the piece I'm doing with Sarah Porter is like with really heavy text and, and movement and wit. So if you're doing it right, you know, adapts it to a, you know, to a, to a format that, you know, it can really be, be more acceptable to the others than, then people think that, oh my God, contemporary dance, you know, I'm, I'm afraid of going to a contemporary dance performance because it's so abstract, you know, in a way. Uh, you, you mentioned this, this film uh, with Sarah Porter that is sort of one half of, of what, of, of your part of, of, of Fall for Dance North. Yeah. Um, and that, that, you, that you just finished shooting the film um, mm. and now you're editing it. Mm. What, how do you how do you think a uh, you know uh, a, a a film or something that is designed for the camera how does that play into and, and complement the live aspect that mm. is that is dance? That's very interesting. Yeah. Um, well, you know, like in a traditional theater, you know, don't forget that audience sit in the auditorium. You're, you know, you are forced to look at it from a certain perspective, you know, like, you know, also, you know, it's really easy for audience to concentrate on watching what's going on on stage because there's no other distraction. But now being filmed, like you have to really understand film, the formats of film, right? You know, like you, people have to understand like there, you know, there's so many things you can really complement how to say, like, in addition to, you know, to the work itself, like, you know, a, cam a good camera angle, you know, good camera size, you know, good camera movements can really accentuate the work to make the work actually to, a, to, to another kind of dimensions that, so as a director, you have to consider it, those, considerates those kind of things to, to knowing that, look, you know, this, is, this was a live performance show 
but how do I make it into this like multi-perspective work that is still can retain that essence of live performance? So it's a really tricky things, right? But the beauty of film is like, there's so much editing you can do with it. <laughs> there's so much, you know, like magic you can make, you know, as a, as a film, you know, you know, you can add style into it. You can add so much, you know, colorful elements into it rather than in the theater work. It's just like, you have to edit it in one piece. You know, all the transitions are done in one piece, but now you have that, opportunities to, to use methods of magical filmmaking. So yeah, I, I found it, you know, I found it, you know, you still have a responsibility to make sure that the work is still sort of like um, speak for itself. Uh, and I know the other um, part of the bill you're directing is uh, a performance by Dana, Ros Dana Rosales yeah, uh, and the House of Serrano. Uh, Siriano, yeah. Siriano, excuse me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what what can you you tell us about that specific work? Yes, yeah, so um, I think uh, either work from Sarah Porter and Dana is you know, is is really about self identities in motion. That you know, I think Dana's work, Dana Rosales' work, is called Grand March of the House of Siriano. And it's really, it's, a, it's really based on the voguing ballroom culture. I mean, if you don't know anything about the, the voguing ball, ball, ball scenes that you should watch the Netflix legendary. <laughs> I don't know if, you know if people would know about that, but that's uh, really showcased the ballroom custom. Um, especially Dana's pieces now, you know, it's called Grand March. I mean, normally Grand March is like happening at the beginning of the house ball, you know, for, for that culture. And it normally is like intro, it's, a, it's an introduction to the leader, to the parents, to the members of the house, to the community. So we really specifically focus on that part because of the limitations of the theater nowadays, because we can't, I think, I think her house has members over 23 members or something like that. But we cannot have everyone in the theater at the same time. So we focus in that part of the, of the celebration. It's basically, it's a celebration of, of, um, of, of the, the bond, you know, of the house and, and the complexity of the queer culture and from the ballroom perspective. So it will be a very exciting kind of like showcase to, you know, to that, that kind of like, you know, performance. And uh, I'm excited to direct it live stream and uh, with just like, you know, just like a TV show, you have to like, yeah. you know, op, you know, coordinate and orchestrate like a camera movements with the, you know, multiple operators. So that's a, that's would be a very challenging for me. Yeah, because I mean, you know, streaming is streaming, but dance by its very nature is live. Mm. So yes, there's the the choreography aspect of it, but how much technical rehearsal and preparation do you have to give yourself? You know, in case oh something goes wrong, you know, like battery runs out or we can't quite turn the camera this way, or you know, you gotta you gotta do that. How how much of that do you have to do as well? 
Yeah, oh, totally. Like, especially this one is really challenging because we, we get in the theater, maybe like, I would say we have two and a half days for rehearsal with the camera operators. So it really is, um, you know, the, I think dancers are very used to rehearsing, <laughs> like where you have to, re you know, even actors, right? We, we also always, you know, rehearsal is so important. I think camera operators, you know, like it's, it's hard for, you know, for camera operator, operators to, to really like study the sequence and knowing where to go, you know, with the camera and all these movements and, and angles. So, you know, I don't know, like, you know, I, I'm really anticipating that, that uh, challenge that ahead of us. Um, but, but as, yeah, um, it's a very different way of working. Um, but I have a question for you. How do you feel like watching a live stream is different than watching a um, sort of like a dance film? Because do you feel more exciting about knowing that the, that is actually happening the same time as you watching it? Or do you not care? Yeah, well, I, I, it's <laughs> you know, it's interesting because, you know, I've done I've done a lot of Zoom stuff and, you know, I've done a lot of like film festivals, which, of course, everything's not I mean, it's it's the event is live, but the, what you're actually watching isn't live. Right. Mm -hmm. um, but I think, I think a live stream is cool because it, I think it forces you to pay attention in mm -hmm. a way that you, maybe you wouldn't otherwise on a, on a, on another stream or, 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 or even in person. Right. And I think because it's on, you know, because it's, it's on camera or it's on a screen, it can actually enhance some of the other aspects like it, you know, because because dance, yes, it's very visual, but everything in dance is enhanced because there's no dialogue, right? And so <laughs> I think, um, you know, with, with people's sound systems these days, that could, live streaming could actually enhance mm. that art form in a way. Yeah, that's great. That's great to know because we know we always have some kind of like, complex kind of opinions on live stream because you you have to know the live stream has very again limitation it's not like making a dance film right so dance film you can really have multiple scenes and multiple angles and do things afterwards make things better but live stream is like live like you have to make yeah. everything works right yeah. so i think there's an excitement of that that you know still knowing that wow you know things can go wrong but then, and then again, you're watching it on the screen. Why do we not make a dance video? Why do we choose to make a live stream? So, but you know, like that balance and some people prefer one side of the others. Um, it's really interesting to know people's different opinions. Uh, we, we, we mentioned the fact that everything in dance is enhanced. And I know you have an acting background as well. You, I know you, you, you went to, you did your major in, in, in dance and drama. And I think people don't realize this, but how much acting is involved in dancing? Wow, that's a good question. <laughs> well, this is really interesting because don't forget that every dance performance have a different concepts, different scenes, and require different degree of acting skill as well, right? So, but I think acting... To me, it's that integrity, right? I feel like even when you're acting some, someone else, 
you still have to be honest, right? I think lots of people think that acting is just like, oh, you put on another character, another personality on you. But to me, I mean, different people have different acting philosophy. But to me, you know, I think you still have to go through a certain kind of thought process. Whether it's a character or not, like in dance, I think acting to me is always there. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, it, because you're dancing someone else's choreography, you are interpreting a piece of choreography. You know, they're not naturally yourself, right? You always, you're always on stage as, you know, as a, you know, as a, subject matters or characters. And I felt, you know, I felt, I always felt like, you know, you always have to be, you know, in this thought process that you know that, oh, you know, what is this about? What's your intention? Just like acting, you know, like you, you have to go through all that. It's not just like something you can just like, oh, I just move. If you just move, I think, you know, people, you, you will not have that kind of like uh, presence. It's so important, like presence on stage and presence on camera to me is so important, right? You, if you, I'm sure you understand because you, I know that you're an actor as well, right? Yeah. So those kind of things really affecting how you, how you work uh, on screen and on stage. Uh, you know, and I think, you know, be, because dance, you know, everything is heightened in dance. And whenever I see, you know, whether it's contemporary dance or even something, you know, like whether it's ballet or, or hip hop, mm. every dance performance always seems to either say something or, or be about something, whether it's a, a historical period, a cultural movement or, you know, just a, a specific story. Mm. What in, in, in terms of telling, you know, telling stories with a message, I guess, mm. what can dance do? do that maybe a film can't or, or maybe a play can't or, 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 or maybe a book can't? Mm. Well, I think, first of all, I really want to express that even contemporary dance has a, such a wide spectrum. Like you have really like, I mean, like really amazing, like um, uh, 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 sort of like poetic, work but and then you have something that can be very like accessible and narrative based but what I've always found about dance is whatever you express I think it has a potential for the audience to imagine but with text and with film and words sometimes you are applying, you know, you're always manipulating your audience to know what you're talking about. But dance is like poetry. Sometimes it can really lead the audience to have their own opinions and have their own, you know, perspective and really open to imagination. And sometimes that is why audience find contemporary dance hard to understand because they're expecting, oh, I want you your, your dance piece to tell me something, but I don't get it. I don't get the, the actual story you're telling. But some people like that. Some people like that. Oh, it's so abstract that you, you leave me space to imagine, right? So I think that's the definition sometimes for contemporary dance. It's like, oh, you know, 
I want you, I want you to imagine by watching that movement, but I don't want to tell you with words. I, I, you've done choreography. I know you've directed a play. You've acted on TV. Is is your approach to each art form different? So you know your your preparation for choreography is different than your preparation for directing is different than your preparation for acting. Mm. Well, I mean, like, first of all, like I I I stumble into all this art forms really accidentally. <laughs> I don't I I I don't know if you have ever feel like being chosen to do something not religiously not in a sense of religiously and but i you know you have to understand i grew up in a really like poor um, family in hong kong when i was young we lived in a less than 400 square feet in a in a kowloon s uh, 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 housing estate you know i i live with we have, we have six people living in a 400 square feet feet place and with my grandmother, parents, brother and sister and me. And, and uh, I don't know if you know about the housing estates in Hong Kong that we have like blocks of blocks of the same looking sort of like buildings and each building might have 40 floors and each floor will have like 34 rooms and each family live in those kind of places. And we were sometimes we were so poor that my family could not afford to have um, um, to have money to buy toys or bu even buy food. So growing up in that kind of environment, I, I was forced to, to make toys for my siblings and cousins. And we would like being so creative, you know. I think those stories really prompt me to how I sort of like manage my performance now is those life story really can help me you know, in each kind of like um, uh, different kind of performance, um, I can relate to it. You know, I, I think I think experience really help <laughs> help an actors or dancers or choreographers. And I always think that if if I chose to make works, I always chose something close to my heart. You know, uh, now I'm working on a short film as well. It's called Kanji. You know, kanji is really about, you know, about my childhood, that how, how that comfort food means to me. You know, when you were young, that you're so poor, sometimes my mother could not even afford food. And only we would eat just plain kanji um, to, to, to survive. So I, I love to, you know, choose subject matters that really close to my heart. And in that sense that when I preparation for directing a film or acting, then I can really relate to it in a different way. And even if I'm doing something very foreign, I may, you know, I may relate it to my stories of like, oh, you know, like if I play a mafia <laughs> and, uh, you know, when I was young, you know, because of my uh, situation that, you know, there are mafia around our, you know, our, our childhood and, you know, how you, how your observation can really affecting how you are you know, doing the work. And I think it's interesting. Everyone has their own way of, you know, of doing. And it, I know for your, your theatrical uh, directorial debut, Comfort, uh, it was nominated for 
was it three Dora Mavor um, more awards? <clears throat> how, how did that feel as, as you know, this, it's your first time doing this and it gets that kind of recognition right off the bat? Yeah, I mean, like I, 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 I'm thankful to to the recognition. You know, for for comfort, I actually was nominated for the best direction by the my, my entertainment entertainment um, uh, 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 sort of like the outlet, and then also Dora. We yeah, we we received one, I think one Dora Award for the composition or something like that. But you know, other than that, also you know. Um, I think my first dance performance frames also received three Dora Award uh, nomination as well. And in my lifetime, you know, I feel like, yeah, you know, you, you get recognized by awards, but, but, but those kind of thing really doesn't, doesn't really mean too much to me. <laughs> because, uh, you know, I think, you know, of course, you know, like you, it's very, very like political. I feel like awards. I mean, even the, I mean, even the the Oscar or or the Golden Globe. I, you know, you heard so many stories about awards, but I think to me, it's much more satisfying when there will be people coming to to me and say, "Oh my God, William, I watched Comfort," you know, years ago, and that was a a play that I would remember forever, you know. <laughs> Even like when I, you know, I didn't tell, tell you that actually when I was young, my first passion was in music. And I was actually lead singer of a, of a band in Hong Kong before I moved to England to study dance. I just got a message on Facebook from a, 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 a friend in Hong Kong. Not really, I mean, I, it's, I, wouldn't, I don't want to call them fans, but he just emailed me and saying that, send me those pictures of my albums and my, uh, my uh, cassette tape and CD. And he was telling me story about him saving up all the monies as a youngster, saving up money to buy those albums. And he sent me the pictures because he wanted me to know that, you know, he was arranging his like collection of all the, all the music collection and now just holding this, make him so emotional. And I was like, oh my God. I honestly, this is like, I just received it this morning. I was like, this kind of thing, it touched me more than those, any of those awards. Because you make arts, you want to touch people. You want to have impact of people, you know? And, and I just want my work to be seen, you know, whether it's a, you know, it's a dance film or it's a, it's a play or it's a dance performance. Um, I think, you know, you, you can agree, I'm sure you agree, it's like, wow, you know, if, if I do a play, I want people to come to see me. Yeah. Does, does it um, inspire you to maybe make a canto pop album, it's especially with how cur currently it seems Western society is obsessed with Asian pop music? Mm. Oh, uh, K-pop and you know and and even like Chinese pop now is like making a international round right it's really interesting to me in that in the old days like you know when we were a singer we were told that oh you're Asian you would never make it internationally and now it's like you know having all this opportunity I think times are very different and you know now people I mean even movie making like in the old days making movie is a privilege 
But now everyone can make movie. Like, you know, there's better cameras, there's better technique. There, everyone called themselves directors now. You know, everyone can make movie. And you can make it back in different media. So, but it never crossed my mind that <laughs> I want to make a Cantonese pop music again because um, all my bandmates, they're very successful in Hong Kong. They are millionaires and they're becoming producers and composers. And I really, I really admire them. And I don't know why I chose contemporary dance <laughs> because it doesn't make money. <laughs> and, but, but, um, but you know, like um, if there's a chance, I would love to embark into something. I always love integration of things, you know, like I would, you know, why, why not? So like making a Cantonese pop oriented play you know, or, or something like that, you know, or incorporates those kinds of things in a movie, like, or telling something. I, I mean, the beauty of me is like, I, I, I was born in Hong Kong, but I moved to England and lived, lived there over 10 years. And then I, now I'm, I moved to Canada, but before Canada, I was like dancing in New York and LA for, for a dance company called Adventures in Motion Pictures. So I, I have those kind of like really Western and Eastern kind of mix, you know, kind of mentality that I, I feel like the world needs to be more accepting about, you know, different cultures and different kind of, you know, visible, you know, um, art forms. And, and so I always love to incorporate different things into different things anyway. <laughs> so I think multidisciplinary is my thing. You know, that's why, I mean, like, I'm, I'm sort of consider myself really multifaceted. You know, I do all sorts of things. So if you have any idea, let's collaborate. <laughs> um, you know, you, you briefly mentioned the, you know, politics and the political side of things earlier. And I think people don't often realize how <laughs> political dance is and dance can be. And mm. I'm, I'm curious you know, given what sort of where we are in the world right now, if you've thought about doing a piece about the situation in Hong Kong at the moment? Mm. Well, it's really interesting. My, actually, um, my, you know, my degree is in dance films and videos, right? My, dis my dissertation, also actually making a dance film, my actually first ever dance film is about the Tiananmen events in the Tiananmen Square in China, in you know, 1989. So I'm not afraid of making something political, right? So the, the thing is, it has to be done right, right? You know, like um, it's not, I mean, any, any subject matters to me, you know, you have to be doing research and doing things like that. I'm reluctant to do things like that because I haven't lived in Hong Kong for so long, right? I only hear stories and only like watch news and things like that. I think it's really important that you have to be very sensitive and considerate about, you know, the art you're making. Although we know that as, a, as an artist, you have so much power to, in, to, to influence and have impact on people. But it's, you know, if you're choosing something like that, you know, I would say you know, I would love to do a lot of research and chosen the right collaborators to do things like that. Um, we, <clears throat> we mentioned uh, your, your acting. 
And I got to ask you about, I know you did a brief stint on, was it Kim's Convenience? Yes. Oh, yes. How do you know? <laughs> uh, I, I think I read it on your, uh, on your website here. Um, what, I mean, that, that was a show that I think took off in Canada like nobody expected it to. Um, yeah. What what was that show like being a part of for you, not only as an actor, but for, for someone of, of Asian descent taking mm-hmm. part in sort of the first, one of the first shows yeah. created by and, and about Asians in, in, in this country? Yeah, it's so, it's so, you know, the thing is, it's so knowing that the piece actually came from stage work. You know, at the beginning, it's a stage production and then being adapted to, you know, to sort of different versions. But then and now, like, you know, like it has, you know, it has an own TV show. That's so important to me. And, and just like I was just watching the Shang-Chi and the <laughs> Legends of the Ten Ring as well. You know, it's so heart- heartening that knowing that, you know, like, mainstream TV now, you know, you have opportunity to tell a story of Asian, you know, um, Asian sort of culture. And to me, I was really excited about get on stage. And I was doing a scene with Simu Liu as well. <laughs> you know, the now the, the, the uh, Marvel, uh, like, you know, the, the superhero that played the Shang-Chi. Right. And, um, yeah, it's really nice to see, to, to watch his success, to knowing that, you know, our skin color, you know, actors with our skin colors would have that kind of opportunity because, you know, we really, really, I was never thought that would be, uh, have this kind of like opportunity when I started out as a young child. You know, I mean, I watched movie when I was young. I, I movie was a big influence to me because, you know, in a poor family, we did not really have any means to, you know, to entertain ourselves. You know, my mother saved up all the money to buy me a radio. So I listened to music. Music was my first passion. But movie also a big, huge influence on me because I was snuck in with my classmate in a, in a, in a cinema near the Kowloon War City that sometimes after school, just like secretly, you know, you know, snuck in and watch all these like crazy movies on screen. Like, you know, I was a big fan of like, Wong Kar Wai and Ang, Ang Lee and um, watching foreign film, you know, you know, about like, you know, lots, lots of different films like David Lynch and Tim Burton films when I was young. Those kind of things, like you watch that, it was like, oh, wow, you know, like, okay, you know, like there's a very definition of how, like Asian films, you know, you have your lane, you know, Western film, you have your own lane, but Western film, you rarely see uh, Asian characters in it. You know, or Hollywood budget never really like make a big film. You know, years ago you have Sushi Wong, um, you know that MGM movie. But and then again, you know, long, 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 long time ago, you may have you may have one or two. But now you see this opportunity is really exciting. But still, I feel like there's still a long, long way to go because you know, like, I I, I don't know, like you know, like um, it's still proportionally is like as an Asian actors is so much struggle, <laughs> you know, like, is there so, you know, you, you, you rarely be able to play a main character in a, in a TV show, but um, you always play this underground characters. Like I pay all these like Buddhist monk and villain and, and drug people and 
and you know what I mean? So it's really tough that uh, to knowing to, to how competitive it is. I mean, when I was growing up, you know, you'd have basically, you'd have the, the martial arts epics, you know, like the Wushu with, with Jet Li or Iron Monkey or Crouching Tiger or something like that. You had the comedies with Jackie Chan, yeah. you know, and then you had a, you know, just a one-off character who was like a sidekick or some, you know, yeah. like, like, like henchman or something. Right. And now we're seeing like, you know, there's like crazy rich Asians, there's, there's yeah. right off the boat. Mm. Have you thought about why this moment seems, you know, we, we, we seem to be uh, appreciating stories from that culture whether it's japan or china or 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 or, or korea or, or or vietnam is is there is there something is there some sort of consciousness happening in the world right now that is making us appreciate these stories or is it just more creators from those cultures are ready to to tell their stories mm-hmm. I think there's multiple, I think it's a very complex situation. I think, I feel like the institutes are forced to be, you know, to be applying those kind of like, you know, opportunities to, to the film. You know, for instance, like you, we all know that actual now is like, you know, we have to sort of incorporate like how many percentage of the, you know, of the uh people, actors of colors in, in their production, right? So those are the things that is really good, a practice. And, um, but I also feel like the world, the world is quite messy. And we all recognize that, you know, there's only <laughs> one way to make it better is to make sure that visibility, you know, of other culture is, is you know, to the mass and people are, you know, learning about each other more, you know, because, you know, we don't forget that we have, a, we're living in this like very sensitive time that, you know, we have Black Lives Matter and we have like uh, Me Too movements and, you know, we all trying to be equal, <laughs> you know, equality is so important, you know, visibility of, you know, of, of different culture, different colors are so important nowadays. and. I feel like, I think people do, you know, do, do realize that we all have to make an effort to change, to make a change. And um, whether it's a long battle or not, but I think we are doing right in the first step. Uh, and another thing that I want to mention that, that is currently your baby is, uh, Zata Om, Zen and the actualization of modern movement. Um, yeah. How did how did that company, that group, I guess, come come together for you? Oh, cool. Yeah, my 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 dance company, Zata Om, is you know, it's it's really it's a how to say it's an opportunity I created for myself, especially. Actually, my company is 16 years old. Um, so 16 years ago, I felt like, you know, like, oh, you know, as an, as an Asian artist in the dance community, it's, you know, it's great. I was working with Toronto Dance Theater and I really appreciate the opportunity, but I still feel like, you know, I need to, I need to um, create my voice. 
you know, I need to create my style. I need to make works that is, is meaningful to me as well as interpreting other people's work. So 16 years ago, I decided to, to establish my company. Um, right away, I incorporated and also you know, apply for the charity status as well. So I really like knew, knew that, you know, that's the company I want to grow with. It's not something that I was just like, oh, came out of, of the blue. Um, and then at that time, I tell you secrets as like, you know, Zata Om is an acronym, right? Uh, but I separate Zata and Om because of, purely because of the style. You know, when people, I want it to be just unique and interesting. But do you know the name actually is from my favorite book? It's called Zen and the Arts of Motorcycle Maintenance. <laughs> oh, I've heard of that book. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's a philosophy book. You have to read it. It's an amazing book. So I, at that time, I was reading the book and was like looking at that acronym. It's like, oh, wow, I really want to make a meaningful transition. And so I'm, I use the acronym, but change it into Zen and the Actualization of Modern Movement. So that's how, my, how my, the name of my company uh, was created this you know i've 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 taken movement classes as as part of my acting studies and it it always you know mo the word movement i think in that contents is can be very vague and broad if if you're not if you're not sort of initiated into that world and 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 even if you are you know um what does movement mean to you in in an artistic context yeah, like you said, it's like, you know, like the, the thing is, I mean, I, I, in regards to, to movement, because, you know, you, it's such a, it's such a meaningful words to me because I'm a mover. But also don't forget that, you know, I, you know, I, I, I study, you know, uh, camera work as well, you know, as a director, you know, you have camera movements and you have like, also in, you know, politically, you can have a bigger movement, you know, in, 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 in a polit political sense. So to me, that's why I chose modern movements, you know, at the end of the title of my company, because it's like, this can be, mean, you know, it's a com complex meaning, you know, it can be multi-layered. And to me, it's really up to, you know, the, each projects that I'm embarking to. I mean, there's no specific, I think there's no specific, specific kind of like goal that why I use that word. But I think we all know that um, everything is evolving, everything is moving and we need to move ahead and forward. Um, what do you you know, in, in, in the two pieces that you're doing for Fall for Dance North, which go up on October 7th, I believe the Fumble yeah. Sarah Porter and piece by Dana. Yeah. Is there, is there something you want audiences to take away when they see these two pieces? Mm. Well, I think, um, again, you know, I'm privileged to, to, to be asked by, by, for for dance north to you know to present this double builds i think like sarah porter's work you know we didn't talk much about that but i you know it's basically is a you know it's a dance memoir 
you know, her pieces like woven from movements and texts and wits and, but she's used fruits, the, you know, the theme of fruits as a vehicle to, you know, to this journey. I think people, the audience can, can make, make sure that this will be a, uh, a feast, like a visual feast for these two amazing kind of self-discovery theme that we, we all know that our self and identity is so important. And these are very two extreme kind of like, in a, not, they're not actually extreme, but they're you know, two different kind of perspective on their, on their journeys. And I think people can really treat it as a sort of like a you know, self-discovery or, or self-knowledge, like you know, uh, those artists are trying to seek. Um, it will be very eye-opening, you know. What I mean, like to 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 watch them and and to me, yeah, to me, it's just a joy to work with those two people because they're so colorful. And I hope that it will do the justice uh, translate onto the screen. You know, what is next for you, and what is one thing that, as as an artist? you still want to do whether it's in music or film or, or dance oh wow well i mean i have many projects coming up. i'm actually acting in a play called toka for theater pasmarai in november they are planning on a virtual presentation as well so they're filming the piece because um i've been uh in that development for the last four years so i'm one of the actor in it so i'm i'm really excited to be getting getting back on stage performing even it's being film or or being um i don't know how do they uh going to present it in very different way um because performing performing is still my passion although i'm going back to behind camera a lot and i'm making a really like long film for moon horse dance theater older and reckless uh series that showcasing nine really prominent mature dance makers dance artists and you know and it's a film that about their them about their hearts so i've been filming that piece as well and editing that piece um then i have a few other film projects you know coming up i just finished a music video for uh kwang ki it's like he's a composer uh, for for lots of beautiful projects um and so I, I make a music videos for him um, out of his three pieces of amazing work from uh, an album, an album called uh, Picnics in the Cemetery. So those are the things will be, will be like rolling out very soon in the next few months. And I'm excited for people to see. But for me, I really want to challenge myself that I think my dream is to move on to making a feature film that I'm working towards it you know I think everyone should have a sort of like you know no matter how 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 sort of stale and how you know how sometimes like because of the pandemic you feel like oh you know I'm stuck into one place but I think it's really important you have something to look forward to and moving forward to. 
Um, and I just like, I felt like, you know, other than performing and making dance for my company, I really want to challenge myself to learn more about how to make a feature film. And eventually I want to move towards that. And I think, I think that's a dream, but I don't know, maybe. <laughs> What's yours? I'm curious. To know. Yeah, I mean, everyone, 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 everyone wants to direct, right? I, yeah. uh, I mean, my uh, my producing partner and I are um, just trying to get a, a, a digital web series made made right now. So like uh, eight episodes, like eight minutes each type of thing. Um, we're launching our Kickstarter on October the nineteenth. Mm trying to raise 30k which is like seems like a lot but is nothing when it comes to when it comes to making film that's like you know very very shoestring budget um and hopefully that'll be shot in toronto in january if we get the funds wow um i'm just putting i started submitting my short film to different festivals and stuff um actually just thought the other day about maybe it's time I either write another play or um, remount the one that I did in Toronto a couple years ago, maybe out here because I'm in um, Victoria. Um, so, you know, and I'm always, I'm always thinking of like film ideas or, you know, yeah. stuff like that. So, and, but I'm, you know, I'm also think I'm also trying to, you know, maybe write more like short stories or a novel or something like that. Like, I think, I think, as you know, how for you, how you mentioned that directing is sort of you challenging yourself, you know, mm -hmm. I, I think for me, because I, you know, I've been in that world for so long, I think the, the novel is, is that for me, you know, like that, that's, that's my challenge. That's amazing. How do you find it? Like, so you're based in Victoria, but how do you find working in Toronto? Does it limit your resources like I, I understand you worked here before but you know what I mean like when you are based yeah. in somewhere but work in some some other city it can be very challenging yeah I mean I, I I lived in Toronto for three years so most of the work that I was doing I was you know already living there um and I lived in Vancouver for nine years before that so it was mm -hmm. you know just you know it's it's I, I think it's a very different type of work depending mm -hmm. on you know on where you live like victoria just got a big netflix series but before that all we were getting was you know like hallmark films or maybe you know mm. a week here of things you know um vancouver like both vancouver and toronto have a lot of films but you know vancouver is much more like sci-fi fantasy superhero mm. i think there's a lot more homegrown stuff in toronto mm. um so the hardest thing for me in terms of resources was, you know, I, I had a whole bunch of connections in Vancouver and then I opted and moved to Toronto. So I'm basically, I mean, like, like I knew some people, but not really in the business. So I, I had to, you know, I had to meet people very quickly mm. in yeah. Toronto, which, which I think was, was, was the most challenging thing, you know? That's amazing. That's exactly how I feel. It's like, yeah, you, you, yeah, we all know that, making a good work is not really, you cannot do it by yourself, right? You right. really have to have a good crew, like good collaborators, good DP and good, all that people. And sometimes, you know, now I'm making so many different film projects that, you know, you may have different people coming in, in and out. And, and yeah, you, I love that you, you said something like in my mind, it's like reading people is so hard. Like 
and to choose the right collaborators. Yeah. Right. It's so hard. It's like, but I, 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 you know, I, I work with my intuition a lot, you know, because of my childhood, I sort of like reading, sort of reading people really, really, you know, easily and knowing you, you can really like tell when people are, you know, are on the same page or not sometimes right, quite yeah. quickly. But I think that's, that's the thing like about, about making artworks is like, it's, you have to have chosen the right people and making the right choice. We constantly making choices. Yeah. Yeah. We're like, we're, we're just finishing casting now for that web series. Like we've got yeah. six roles. We're just, we're just using one more. And it's just like everyone we've cast, it's like, you know, Oh, uh, one, one of the, you know, one person has a bus, we can use her transporter, you know, one actor has all the instruments we can use or another actor helps build sets so we can have them for set deck. It's just like everyone we've hired for, you know, like we, we went with her gut, but also it's just like, no, like we, you know, everyone has another skill that we can utilize, yeah. you know, while we're on set. Right. It's, yeah. it, it's great. And sometimes, you know, obviously everyone auditioned, but sometimes you just have a feeling about like, no, I think, I think this person is right. Or I think this person is right. You know, because I think because as a creator, I can be very specific sometimes in, okay. in the, you know, the role, mm. right? you know, because I do come from an acting background, Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, that's, you know, that's interesting. It's, and of course, you know, my Mal, my producing partner, we've worked together before and it's just, you know, we, we know each other's skill sets. So it's, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's taken us, two years has taken us a little bit longer because of the pandemic, but I think we're going to be, be a lot better off for it. Yeah. Well, I'm excited for you. Please send me the, send me the work, send me your work when you finish. I love to see your work. I'm so inspired by talking to you. Oh, well, thank you very much. And uh, <laughs> yeah, best of luck on October 7th. Uh, yes. Coming up soon. You got a couple weeks left. I so, know. <laughs> <laughs> well, check out the website if you want, want more information on the on the broadcast and also the dance film. But um, yeah, for the Dance North, yeah, uh, it's going to be an amazing show, and I hope that yeah you can tune I, in and let yes. me know what you think. I have I have all the information from Angela. Um, I the folks at MPMG, I've been working with them for like ten years, so they've been very oh wow, cool. they've been very they've been very good to me. So, yeah, 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 it's amazing. Oh my God, Dan! So, 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 thank you for your your invitation, and it's it's a joy to talking to you. Well, thank you very much, William, and uh, I'll do my best to to come and see the show or watch the show uh, <laughs> uh, on, on the seventh. Yeah, thank you so much, Dan. Alrighty, you have a good day now. Thank you. Bye. And that was William Young. He is the live stream director of a new piece at Fall for Dance North by Sarah Porter and Dana Rosales that uh, streams on October the 7th. You can single stream passes are available to watch the show until October 13th. And if you have a live stream pass, you can watch it until November the 5th. You can visit ffdnorth.com. The entire festival is on until October 29th. That does it for me today. Please subscribe to Endeavors on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon Music, Deezer, or wherever you get your podcasts. And you can follow me on social media at Endeavors Radio. Thanks for tuning in. I will see you next time. Bye.